All right, everybody. Welcome into the Hardly Knowledgeable Podcast. Uh, again, it's Nolan Warner joined by uh, Drew Schoenberger. Sadly, he's still here. Oof. Haven't ran him off yet. Haven't ran him off yet. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, buddy. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Well, <clears throat> let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, Drew with a weekly uh, update of our game picking standings. All right, here we go. So... We both had Kansas winning. We both lost that one. We split the K-State-TCU game. I had TCU. Nolan had K-State. We both had Texas Tech as they whomped West Virginia. And we split Texas-Oklahoma State. Nolan had Oklahoma State. I had Texas. So we both went 2-2, two and two, both 11-9 and nine on the season. So still neck and neck. You know, what was I thinking? I don't understand why I chose Kansas. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm regretting that one, too. Well, the rest of our picks are pretty solid. That one, you know, kind of yeah, looks bad from the from the get go there. So, Tough. speaking of that, Kansas down twenty eight to three at halftime against Baylor uh, this past weekend. Um, they they ended up scoring twenty three, uh, making the final uh, thirty five to twenty three. So again, if you if you want to take positives away. Kansas did win the second half against Baylor, uh, but being down twenty-eight to three—that's a pretty hard, hard uh, deficit to come back from. And I still think that this speaks to this football team that they were able to at least make it look a little competitive. Um, what did you? I mean, what what are your takeaways from that game, Drew? Um. Yeah. So I wasn't able to watch a ton of it. It was kind of like watch some on my phone, kind of follow the game cast, but. You know, saw we were down, down like 14-0, like five minutes into the game, and I was kind of mad at our defense. And you look at it, and we went three and out on our first drive. But we punted from our own 27-yard line, and our punter, because the wind was bad and he shanked it, it's a 14-yard punt. So Baylor scored on their on the plus 41, and then we get the ball back, and we fumble first play, and they get the ball at the plus 25. So they scored 14 points, only having to go about 66 yards. So. That wasn't great, but for the most part in the game, when Baylor actually got the ball on their side of the field, they punted more times than they scored. So I feel like if we don't give them those easy opportunities that we, I don't know if we win, but we definitely keep it close and we still made it a close game in the second half. So that's definitely encouraging, but you know, like we saw last year with K-State playing Baylor, you can't just give a Dave or a coach team points. They're going to make you pay. They're going to score seven. So that was tough. Jason Bean took a while to get going. I wish Jalen Daniels was back, but he's not yet. Hopefully after the bye, he will be. But overall, I think the team played well, just got off to a really bad start. So can't have that happen, but I'd say the bye week came at a pretty good time. I don't know if you had anything to add to that. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, 12 point loss is pretty bad, especially with a team who's just one win away from a bowl game and they've been one win away from a bowl game for the last three weeks and they just haven't been able to get over the hump um (laughs) starting to make some people who said preseason that they weren't going to go to a bowl game look really smart uh but they're still yeah real uh real bold take by you there yeah well there there's still there's still a few games left uh until i can be proud of that uh, they are to buy this week, uh, so no chance of winning. But also positives for Kansas, no chance of losing over the buy. Um, so that is good for them. Wait, before we move on, do you think? I guess it kind of depends if Jalen Daniels comes back, which I think he will. But 
that's to be seen. Do you think they'll get one? Or because the games aren't, you know, it's not the easiest slate of games, you know. Uh, they could take one against Texas Tech, maybe. Okay. I don't think they'll beat Oklahoma State or Texas, and I really don't think they'll beat K State. I don't think they'll beat K State. I do think all four games are winnable, like in theory. But I would say I don't love the fact that we have Texas Tech on the road. I'd say, actually, I think Oklahoma State's the most winnable game. I think they're a little over. I don't think they're quite a top 10 team. And well, they've had a touch, tough stretch of games, including this week. So, you know, they could be coming off a bad spot there. But we'll see. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of Kansas State. They played a football game this weekend, too. They lost 38-28 to uh, TCU. Uh, Adrian Martinez goes out after the first drive. Will comes in, leads uh, three straight scoring drives, scoring 21 in the second half. But little did we know, that we were done scoring after that. Uh, TCU came back, winning by 10. Uh, but Will Howard came in, 13 for 30, or 13 for 20, 225 passing yards and two touchdowns, which is pretty impressive when you think about it. Uh, but I think the real story of this game is uh, the plethora of injury that 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 uh, Kansas State had to endure. Uh, Julius Brent was out. Luce Vaughn was limited minutes. Felix Anudike was limited minutes. Adrian Martinez went down. Will Howard went out for a little bit. Jake Rubley came in, looked awful. Um, uh, ben Sinat's out. Daniel Green uh, went out. Um, after a bye week, they really didn't get any healthier than we expected them to, and everybody got hurt. And TCU capitalized on that. Uh, good thing Julius Brents came back, played well. Uh, Will shows some flashes of being a pretty good, pretty good quarterback um, in the future. Uh, Deuce Fund only had 83 yards uh, on 12 carries, which, I mean, we're used to seeing a lot more produ- production out of him. But play calling got a little bit suspicious there in the second half, a lot more conservative. It seems like if this team gets a big lead um, on another team, they're willing just to be – uber conservative and uh, try to ride the game out and it, it bit him in the butt here and it almost bit him in the butt against Texas Tech and it bit him in the butt against Tulane um, so obviously TCU still 7-0 and uh, they're a top 10 team still everything is in front of Kansas State I will stress it that's their first conference loss and they're tied with Oklahoma State in second place in the conference with one conference loss and it just happens to be that's who they play this week uh, so I mean, I don't know what there's more there is to say about it. I mean, Kansas State endured injuries. Uh, They weren't able to they weren't able to win the game in Fort Worth. It's a tough place to go win. Um, So you can't. I mean, there's not much to say. You know. Yeah. um, I do real quick. I do think the better team lost. I I think Kansas State looked much better than TCU. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's fair. I will say that TCU has had a trend of giving up points early and then under Joe Gillespie, their defensive coordinator, they kind of right the ship and shut teams down. K-State didn't score for the entire second half and like the second half of the second quarter. And, you know, they kind of did something similar to Oklahoma State in that game. But, yeah, I'd say K-State's probably the better team just based on the injuries. Like if they're both fully healthy, you know, hopefully if they play in Arlington later on, then they both will be healthy and we could see a – see a good game there but um but yeah that was one of my reasons why I didn't want to pick K-State because I think you know seems like Colin Klein gets a little bit conservative which I do think 
against certain teams, if you get a big lead, you can sit on the ball. But I don't think TCU is one of those teams. I think that if you look at the Oklahoma game, you know, when Oklahoma kept battling back, K-State, you know, kept their foot on the gas and kept going. And I think that's what you got to do against TCU. That's pretty – I'd say they're pretty similar teams in that respect. But uh, definitely not a bad loss, especially when all your guys are hurt. And it still could have been a four-point game if your kicker can make the kicks. But, you know, tough win there that night, I guess. So maybe that's a reason. Maybe, you know, maybe he's just not a great kicker. I saw that they're maybe going to let some other people kick. So that's a little – Probably not feeling great there, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a tough wind. I think that first kick he had no business kicking, but the second one was definitely makeable. Mm-hmm. Um, he just he just shanked it over to the pushed it right, hit it off the upright, and it didn't go in. And a little ridiculous, I think. Uh, and it's a mental thing with kickers. You know, kickers are weird. No offense to you, kickers out there in the world, but uh, they're 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 different. They're different type of person than your average football player. And, you know, once they get in their mind, uh, which, I mean, I guess all athletes, once they get in their mind, um, it's hard to get them out of their mind. Um, so it's a mental thing for Chris Tennant now. I think he's got all the all the, all the the talent that he needs. It's just uh, you got to get over the mental stump of, am I going to miss this? That can't be in your mind when you enter, you know, when you, when you enter into the game. So, well, uh, moving on to picks for week, what is it, week nine. Um, where we've got a big 12 slate. Uh, Kansas is on by, uh, along with Texas tech. So we've only got four games to pick. Uh, I think Texas, Texas tech plays. Ah, yes, it is Texas, not Texas tech. Oh, we get Texas at home off of a buy. That's fantastic. Um, let's look here at the games. We'll circle back around to Kansas state at Oklahoma state or Oklahoma State at Kansas State, I believe that's probably the best game of the week um, in the Big 12. So we'll start with what I think is a lesser game, and we'll move up from there. Uh, TCU travels to Morgantown to play West Virginia at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Uh, TCU's favored by 7.5. Again, this TCU team really didn't impress me. It's two weeks in a row now that they didn't impress me. I mean, even even the comeback win against Oklahoma State, I wasn't too impressed with them um, and how they played. However, West Virginia's bad. Um, they're three and four. Uh, they the last time we saw them, they upset Baylor, and then we don't really talk about uh, their game against Texas. But you know uh, that happened. Uh, they were on bye last week, I believe. Am I correct in that assumption? No, they lost forty-eight to ten to Texas Tech last week. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Neil Brown. Neil Brown will be eating. Neil Brown will be seeing the door here pretty oh. soon out there, West Virginia in Morgantown, which is strange because he's a pretty good coach. Um, so with that piece of information, you know, TCU's favored seven and a half. Max Duggan's playing out of his mind. This offense is tough to stop with Lincoln Riley's younger brother calling it. Uh, I'm going to take TCU to win this on the road in Morgantown um, and improve to seven and zero. Yeah. So first off with West Virginia last week, like, I respect Texas Tech. I think they're a good team, but you can't lose to them by 38. Like, that's just – like, I don't know if you have any takeaways from that, but that's just, like, you can't you can't do that. Like, blowouts don't happen too often in this conference, and getting blown out like that is just horrible. But um, I kind of do like this spot for West Virginia. You know, TCU is coming off of a bunch of – bunch of big games like the start. They played OU to start the conference play when they were still ranked – went on the road against Kansas when they were ranked college game. day was there. 
They played at home against Oklahoma State, tough game. Home against K-State, tough game. So I do kind of like the spot for West Virginia, but their defense is horrible. Like, I think TCU is going to score 40 easily. And with TCU's defense, the way they adjust, I think West Virginia will probably slow down. So I think TCU wins this game big. I like the spot for West Virginia, but I don't think they match up well at all. So I'm with you with TCU. Yep, could not agree more there. Uh, Moving on to another I assume will be a pretty boring game to watch if you're an Iowa State fan in Ames, Iowa, Oklahoma, uh, headed to Jack Trice Stadium. Matt Campbell awaits him with his curvy hat. Um, Iowa State three and four on the season. Uh, They haven't won a Big 12 game yet. Uh, But this is the year that they beat Iowa, so positives for them. Uh, Oklahoma is favored by one-point names. Dylan Gabriel's back. Uh, didn't miss a beat uh, against uh, who'd they play? Uh, the, he looked good against Kansas. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm going to take Oklahoma to win. I mean, it's tough Iowa State defense. I think it'll be a dirty game still. You know the way Iowa State plays, especially in that stadium. Uh, that's 11 a.m. on Fox Sports One. Uh, but I, I'm going to take Oklahoma to win, but not by a lot. I think it'll be an ugly game. Yeah, I I agree that it'll be an ugly game as well. Uh, both teams coming off a bye. Um, I think Iowa State really needs this game, so I think they're going to win. Uh, I don't feel great picking them, but I think they really need a win. I think that Oklahoma, you know, in games like against Kansas where, you know, it can just be a shootout and their offense can just be better than the other team's offense and they can win. That's kind of more their style. But Iowa State's going to drag them down, and I think they're going to win a really ugly game. Over under is fifty six is what I'm seeing. I think it goes way under, but I'll take I'll take Iowa State to win. I think they they're not going to lose them all, so I think they'll they can maybe get a couple wins here in the schedule. Yeah, so. I mean they'll they'll definitely be one they win, but I just don't think against Oklahoma. But uh, moving on to the butt bowl, Baylor and Texas Tech. This game is in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, Texas Tech's favored by two and a half. Uh, both teams coming off pretty impressive wins, uh, like you said. Texas Tech beating West Virginia by 30 and and Baylor beating Kansas by 12. Um I uh this this one's a tough one like I said uh Tech's favored by two and a half. Uh, being that it's at Tech that's the home field bump for them. Uh, but it's hard Baylor's a hard team to pick. So is Baylor on the rise or is Baylor um is Baylor just going to look pretty bad this next week? They've got Blake Shapen back at full health, so I'm going to take Baylor to win this one in Lubbock. I know Texas Tech is much improved, but I don't think uh, they're they're on Baylor's level quite yet. So give me Baylor. All right. Um like I said earlier, I think Texas Tech's a, a pretty good team. They've competed in all their Big 12 games and even have a big win against Texas. Um they're playing at home, and like I said last week, they've played pretty well at home. Uh, Baylor is a good team, but they look they look a little shaky. Like, you know, if they don't have to start against KU with their backup quarterback and a lot of injuries, maybe they don't even do that well in that game. So I'm going to take Texas Tech to get it done at home. I think they're, I think they're a really good team at home, and I don't – like, I kind of trust their offense the way it's going more than Baylor's right now, and I just think they'll they'll score more. Really, I think it could be kind of a shootout, but I think Texas Tech pulls away. So, potential give me, for a, give for me the Red Raiders. Game, potential for a two-game swing here. Well, what's going to happen is we're going to split. We're going to split. split. Yeah, <laughs> we will. 
Texas Tech will win and Oklahoma will win. But <laughs> um, so now moving up to the marquee Big 12 matchup of the weekend. This game is at 2.30 in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Josh Pate's going to be there. Fox is going to be there. Probably Brock Heward. Who cares? You know, even if Brock Heward's calling him, I don't have to listen to it because it's in the Bill Snyder Family Stadium. 50,000 people. It's a sellout. Oklahoma State playing Kansas State. K-State's favored by one and a half. That's a home field bump. It's a coin flip. Uh, you pretty much might as well take either team money line. Give me the cats. All right. They're going to come off. It's going to be a big, big win. I mean, uh, they're, they're off of a pretty traumatic loss. Will Howard look good. Even if Adrian Martinez can't go, which it doesn't sound like he'll be able to. Uh, it's, it, I think Kansas state's going to win this game. Um, uh, they need to get one against Mike. They haven't had Chris Kleiman doesn't have one against Mike and they, they, Mike Gundy's kind of, really owned this game for a while. They need to get one against Mike here. It's a big game for Kansas State to right the ship. Uh, they have Texas coming into town next week, so it's going to be two raucous home field environments for Kansas State. I'm pumped up for this one. Drew has to go to a wedding. Loser. But give me the Cats beating Oklahoma State at home by three. Hey, listen, it's my friend's fault for having a fall wedding, but, you know, you know, got to be there for him. It's what good friends do, baby. Uh yeah, I think this is, you know, obviously a really big game for K-State, their first home game in about a month. So I think the students and just the fans in general will be pretty riled up for this one. As I kind of said earlier, I don't think Oklahoma State is as good as their rank. I think they're a very good team. I think they're in conversation for Big 12 title game. But I think K-State gets this done. I think K-State gets this done at home. I kind of think that with the way the offense looked with Will Howard, Last week, I think if Adrian Martinez is out, I don't think there'll be much of a drop off from him from him to Will Howard. So I'm going to take K State to win. And like you said, three. I'd say that's pretty accurate. I think either team. I think it's a three point game either way. But I'll take K State to win. So imagine Kansas State's tied or down by one, and Chris Dennett comes jogging onto the field to kick a 45 yard game winner as time expires. Hey, listen, that Iowa State kicker shanked three against KU and then turned around and went three for three against K-State. So, you know, you know, anything. If he kicks it and makes it, I'm storming the field and I'm taking down a goalpost. All right, <laughs> let's just let's just say it. All right, I'm doing it by myself if I have to. Uh, let's look at some national games here. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the rivalry uh, in, in Tennessee here, playing in Knoxville at 6 o'clock, so another night game home field environment for Tennessee playing number 19, Kentucky. Um, I don't think there's any way Kentucky wins this game. Tennessee's favored by 12 and a half. I think they'll cover that pretty easily. Tennessee's offense, hard to stop, but their defense is, their defense has, uh, you know, underperformed. Their style of football is to get you into a shootout. Iowa State's type of football is to bring you down to their level, make you play a dirty game. Tennessee's type of football is you're going to have to score points, and we're going to do it better than you. We're going to score more points than you. Uh, and it's worked out so far. I think it'll continue to work out against Kentucky this weekend. I'll take Tennessee to cover the 12-and-a-half spread. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I could see this one being – close maybe for a little while but i'll take tennessee to win and cover uh the way kentucky plays is they try to get you to make mistakes and capitalize on them but in terms of a shootout they're not gonna you know i bet tennessee's defense isn't that good or they're they've played well this year but they haven't been that great i guess i should say um but 
you know, Kentucky could probably drive on their side of the field, but can they convert and get touchdowns instead of field goals? I don't think so. Tennessee's going to get probably all touchdowns, and Kentucky's just not equipped to play, you know, play Tennessee's ball. And even though everybody on NFL draft Twitter thinks that Will Levis is better than Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, it's ridiculous. He's not even better than Hen and Hooker. Give me a break. So, yeah, I like Tennessee here. I th- You know, they won this game last year, and Kentucky ended up having a better year. So I think Tennessee wins this one pretty big. Slight towards Hendon Hooker there, noted. Um, what slight? He's be- I said Hendon Hooker is better than Will Levis. You made it sound like he's not even better than Hendon Hooker. No, I just I'm, anyway. but like no. Real quick. I'm joking. Yeah, I'm no, jo- I know. But on you know mock drafts, you even see Hendon Hooker in the first round, but you see Will Levis going number one overall. That's ridiculous. Mm. Hmm. Um. Number two versus number 13, Ohio State travels to Happy Valley at 11 a.m. on Fox. This is the big noon kickoff. Um, Ohio State's favored by 15 and a half, and I don't see them having much trouble covering this uh, spread. Offense is just too good. Penn State's not there yet. Uh, they were there for a while, but they've kind of fallen off. And uh, Sean Clifford, I I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I, I, I don't think Penn State is prepared to compete with Ohio State. So give me the Buckeyes to win. Yeah, I'll take the Buckeyes to win, too. Uh, I don't see them having much trouble. I guess, like, for a pick, I'll take Penn State to cover. I kind of feel like most of the time they play Ohio State close, and they are at home here. Uh, so I'll take them to cover. But, yeah, I I like Sean Clifford a little bit, but he's been very hit or miss this year, as is normally the case with him. Uh, hopefully, you know, if they give up, 400 yards rushing again like they did the Michigan then they're going to get blown out but if they can you know go up against the run a little bit more make Ohio State pass even though Ohio State has a really good offense probably one of the best in the country you know that you know they could probably stay in this game a little longer but yeah Ohio State's going to win so all right here's an interesting one uh let's go to New York the state of uh to the JMA wireless dome uh, Syracuse is hosting Notre Dame. Syracuse is coming off of a close loss uh, to uh, Clemson. I, I watched the final drive of that game when Syracuse was driving, trying to trying to win. Uh, they were down by six. Um, wide receiver could only throw to one, or the quarterback could only throw to one wide receiver. Uh, he that's that's all he was trying to throw to, and Clemson picked it off, uh, sealed the deal. But now they turn around and they have to play Notre Dame four and three on the year. We can't forget uh, what's-his-face is converted to Catholicism, so touchdown Jesus is now with Marcus Freeman and and the Fighting Irish. But this is in the Courier Dome. This is number 16, Syracuse, 6-1, and Dino Babers. Come on now. Uh, I'll take the Qs to win uh, and cover the two-and-a-half spread. I think they'll – two-and-a-half point spread. I think they'll – I think they'll win by three. So, Notre Dame coach Marcus Freeman was undefeated after converting to Catholicism, but then our guy David Shaw and Stanford had something to say about that. So, yeah. Uh, I don't love the Syracuse team. Like, they're they're good, and they fought good with Clemson, but I think Notre Dame's defense is really good, and I think they're going to struggle to move the ball, as we saw late there against Clemson. So I'll take Notre Dame to go in there and get a win. You know, they've kind of dropped some games that they shouldn't have this year, like Marshall and Stanford. So I think they'll need to pick up some wins that maybe people thought they aren't going to get. They beat North Carolina earlier in the year, so I think they'll beat Syracuse here. 
saying. All right. Well, let's uh, another interesting one. I've got two more. Uh, this one is in Columbia, uh, South Carolina. South Carolina is hosting Missouri, who's won three games. And after seeing them in person, that is shocking, uh, especially in playing in the competitive games they've been playing in. It's, it's just a little ridiculous that they've done this. But uh, I love Beamer. Uh, they're ranked number 25. They're 5-2 and two now, which is a quiet 5-2. and two. So I will take South Carolina to win this, but I just think it'll be a pretty interesting game. I mean, it looks like Missouri is bringing teams down to their level and having them play their style of ball. I mean, just bringing teams down to their level and playing them close, but I will take South Carolina to win this game at home. All right. So what I've seen from Mizzou after that K-State game is basically in that K-State game, they got down due, or they were down, but they got down two scores because they gave up a special team score, and then they started throwing the ball, which isn't good. They don't throw the ball well at all. They are good, or I'd say decent, at running the ball, kind of controlling the clock, playing defense, stuff like that. And in games where they've taken care of the ball, like they almost beat Georgia somehow. They had a close one with Auburn, had a close one with Florida, a lot of close losses. But I think I think they'll get a win here. You know, I don't. I like South Carolina. I like Shane Beamer, but. I don't really think they're a top 25 level team. So I'll, I'll take Mizzou to get a win here. I think that they're kind of due to get an upset after all the close ones they've had. So, you know, I don't like picking Mizzou, but, you know, well, I'll pick them. I'll pick them to win here. It's only a four point spread. So I think Vegas, Vegas knows something. I lied. I found another interesting game too. So we're going to, two more. I promise. Just two more. That's, it's fine, man. Um, Let's go. In Orlando, Florida, at a stadium that has been affectionately named the Bounce House, two future Big 12 teams are going to go at it, uh, probably for the lead, or at least tying for the lead in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, UCF is hosting Cincinnati. Uh, Central Florida's favored by one and a half, and the Gus bus is rolling down there. Um, Cincinnati, you've said it before, you don't think they're as good um, as you, you, you don't think they're very good. They are six and one. Uh, that one loss coming to Arkansas at the beginning of the year. Uh, but I'm going to take Central Florida to get this job done at home. I think so. I, I do think so. When their offense, they're averaging 511 yards a game, uh, giving up 356. I mean, uh, the Cincinnati defense is pretty good, but I'm going to take Central Florida to win. All right. So I I think Cincinnati is a good team. I just don't think they should be ranked. Like they have a loss to an unranked Arkansas team that I think is four and three, and they haven't played really anybody. So I just think they're ranked because they had a good year last year and they lost nearly everyone from that team. So rant over. I'm going to take Cincinnati to win. Uh, I think UCF is a very good team. And these are two of the top three teams in the American, I'd say, because Tulane is also, you know, Tulane might be the best team in the American when it's all said and done. But um, UCF is really good at one thing, and that's running the ball. Their quarterback, John Rice Plumley, who transferred from Ole Miss, cannot throw the ball really at all. And I think, you know, Cincinnati being well coached by Luke Fickle, I think that they'll probably do a good job stopping the run and make him throw. So I'll, I'll take Cincinnati to go in there and get a win. All right. Uh, the last interesting game before I ask one question, one answer, one word answer. Um, Lincoln, Nebraska, Illinois going into. Uh, whatever their stadium is called, um, playing Nebraska, Illinois, sixty-eight uh, percent chance to win, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. 
Um, Illinois is favored by seven and a half. I don't think they cover seven and a half. I do think Nebraska has a talent still for losing in close games. I do think Illinois will win this. They're a pretty good football team. Brett Bielema has them rolling. Uh, I love the, I love the stuff he does on offense. So uh, give me Illinois to win this, but not by seven and a half. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll take Illinois to win and cover, uh, you know, Illinois actually has a pretty good offense and one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. So I think they're just going to shut Nebraska down and kind of just run the ball and control the clock. And I think both teams are coming off a bye, if I remember correctly. But I don't think Nebraska is really any good. And Illinois, I don't think that they're fraudulent. I think that they're actually a top 25 caliber team. So I'll take Illinois to win and cover. Hey, Illinois, three games before heading into the big house. You know, they're playing Michigan State, Purdue, and Nebraska, and they go into Michigan the week before the Ohio State-Michigan game. So that might be one to pay attention to. All right, now I'm just going to ask you, will this team cover uh, or will they win? That's all I want is one word. Will Michigan State cover a 23-point spread or will they win at Michigan? Cover. Okay. Okay. Will Pitt beat North Carolina? No. Will Stanford cover a 16.5-point spread against UCLA? Mm. Wait, I know this isn't one word. Where is that game at? Uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Okay, no. Like it matters. That's Um, true. There's no one at those games. Will Arizona cover a 15.5-spread against USC? Yes. Okay. Well, that's it. You got anything to add? Uh, you uh, Georgia twenty two and a half against Florida seems not uh, not enough points there. Might be probably not. That one half I mean, this is probably one Florida. <laughs> this is probably one Florida. Just uh, watch them just make it competitive for a while. I guess they, <laughs> I'm disappointed in them. I was high on them. They kind of suck. Not gonna lie. Ugh. That's all right. I was right. You were wrong. That's okay. Balls by Fitty. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we should always we should do a postseason synopsis of our our major takes headed into the year and see how they they went. Um, yeah, I'd be okay with that. Or just just I think as we talked about who we thought our playoff would be and who we thought would win some of the conferences leading up to the season. So so all right. Well. For those of you who follow 4A Kansas High School football, the Wamigo Red Raiders are hosting the Ulysses uh, Tigers. One in seven Ulysses, eight no Wamigo. The playoffs have started. The Wamigo is the number one seed on the West, and Chanute is hosting Schlegel. Again, one in seven against eight no Chanute. Uh, and Chanute is the number one seed on the East, so both teams doing well. Drew, final thoughts? Schlegel. I've never heard of them. Oh, yeah. KCK School. And I think in Wyandotte, so. All right. Well, we'll go Blue Comets and go, are they Red Raiders or Raiders? Red Raiders, baby. Come on now. Red Raiders. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for the uh, Hardly Knowledgeable podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Our Twitter links are in the description below. Um, But we'll see you next week.